Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Good morning, River Valley. Uh, Come on now. Real quick, quick plug for my brother, Michael. He's not only takes care of connection stuff here, but he's actually one of our small group leaders for uh, our student ministry, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of, and speaking of, uh, we've been here for about 10 months now, so we're really trying to get to know everybody, but I know there's a lot of you I haven't got to know yet. If you don't know, know me, my name is Jason. Uh, I am so privileged and blessed to be able to get to lead our student ministry. Um, and I got to tell you, my favorite thing ever that there is is to watch a young person give their life to Jesus, walk out their faith, and secure their eternity. And so uh, it's a shameless plug to give uh, right now. We're going to throw up some pictures real quick. I'm glad you got them up right away. Uh, these are pictures about three weeks ago from a service. What we want to do is, is we want to present to you an opportunity to pray about maybe potentially serving in our student ministry. We're definitely in need, and, and we want to pause on this picture real quick. Uh, Matthew's in here, here, um, and this look he's given here is not that he's paying attention. I just want to let you know. Little side note. This is actually a look of, of anger and madness at me because we were playing this game, and it was one pudding cup they had to go through, but Matthew didn't know that everyone else was only doing one he had to do two. And so when he found this out, he won. He won. His team won. This team won. But he was not happy with me. Anyway, so some pictures are going to continue to slide through real quick. Uh, reason why we're showing you this is we want to share with you what happens on a, on a, on a Wednesday, because it is our anchor point for our students. Uh, we have full service, just like we have here on a Sunday morning. We go from uh, games, from hospitality out front, to a uh, cafe that's amazing, good food, to worship, to a message in small group and mentorship. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, how can I fit in? Pray about it first. And I can promise you we have a place for you. We have opportunities in our student ministry for our outreach team, for our hospitality team, for our greeters team, for our cafe, our media team. Everything you would happen on a Sunday, we need on a Wednesday. And so pray about it. And after you've prayed about it, come talk to me. Uh, you can send me an email. Maybe middle of the week you've prayed. I'm like, yeah, God's really tugging on my heart and student ministry is where I need to be. Send me an email at jasonwyatt at myrivervalley.church. Jason Wyatt at MyRiverValley.Church. Who was here last week? Okay, okay. Man, it was a good message last week. I mean, it usually is anyway, but it was a good message, right? Pastor Cody, he, he talked with us about praying for spiritual insight, right? You guys remember that? If you weren't here last Sunday, I encourage you to go back and go online. You can uh, catch that service online, any of our services. That being said, we're in this series on the book of Ephesians, and I get to carry this on for this weekend. And so um, we're going to get into the Word here in just a moment. I'm going to offer some Bibles. But before we do that, y'all pray with me. Can we pray? Thank you. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I praise you and thank you for this morning. I praise you and thank you that you give us breath in our lungs and life in our body. I praise you and thank you that your grace is sufficient. I praise you and thank you, Lord, that you, you take us from death to life. I just ask right now, Lord, that we'd have eyes to see what you'd have us see this morning ears to hear what you'd have us hear, and a heart to feel what you'd have us feel this morning. Lord, help me stay out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, we're going to get into the Word, and it's going to be on the screens, but I encourage you to bring your Bible. Who brought their Bible to church this morning? All right, come on now. And Now, you might be sitting there and you're like, I don't own a Bible, so now you made me feel guilty. That's not the plan, okay? 
Matter of fact, we want to make sure you have a Bible. So is there anybody in the room that does not own a Bible that would like a Bible right now? Raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody? Don't be shy. I don't see no hands. Okay, good. Y'all came with a Bible. Now, if you didn't want to be embarrassed like that, maybe that's embarrassing. I hope it's not. When you leave the service today, go to our Connections Corner. We got a Bible for you, okay? Um, and we're going to get into the Word, but um, as I was preparing for this weekend, I couldn't stop help thinking about my pre-Jesus days, my pre-Jesus days, before I knew Jesus. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about the time that I was dead, not physically dead, obviously, but spiritually dead. And um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to be able to let you get to know me a little bit better and be able to share with you those pre-Jesus days because it applies to our scripture this morning. Is it okay if I get a little personal with you guys this morning? Okay, good, good. Uh, okay, so I grew up in a small country town in Wyoming. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to get out of that small country town because I wanted to be rich and famous. I wanted to have lots of money. I wanted to be well-known. I wanted to be successful. I was the kid that was constantly in trouble, constantly pulling pranks, constantly just being that kid, right? And as a matter of fact, in school, they would have called me a holy terror to teachers. Like teachers, I mean, just dreaded me in their classes, most of them. And there's a lot that loved me through it. And specifically with substitute teachers in high school, it kind of hit a, a spot where if I walked into the classroom and the substitute teacher was there, they would leave. This happened a number of times. Or if the substitute teacher walked in the classroom and I was already there, they would turn around and, go, and leave. Matter of fact, junior high, this is dating me a little bit because we don't call it junior high no more. They call it middle school. But in junior high, first day of junior high, first period, second floor, Mr. Sirloin science class, me and my buddy Davey Caswell came up with this great idea. As soon as Mr. Sirloin left, we would take all the papers and all the books and we'd throw them out the window on the side of the road outside the school. Great idea, right? Uh, no approval for that. That's good. That's good. So first period, first day of school, I land myself in in-house suspension, right out the gate, right out the gate. And then this would be a story that would carry on, right? And there's, there's many, many more, and I don't have time to share all of them. But the point to you is this. Pre-Jesus, I was defiant and disobedient. I was not led by Jesus. So that means I was led in another direction. I was headed to a place where we would want no one to go. There was no hope for me. And... It, when I look back at that time, I look back and I see that even though I didn't recognize there was no hope for me, I can look back now and I can see what God was doing. Because God's grace was sufficient for me then, just as it is now. And I can look back and I can see where God protected me, uh, even though I was unworthy and undeserving of any of that. And uh, I want to give you a specific example in my life where God was so, so good to me and I didn't even know him. My biological father I never met. My mom found out she was pregnant with me a little bit before they were going to get married, and he beat her up and ran off on her. And I never met him. And I only talked to that side of the family, an uncle, one time on a telephone call, and then I have a sister that I've met a few years back that I got to meet in person. And in this process of meeting my sister, I found out that there were some generational problems with my family from my biological father's side. What I found out was is my great-grandpa, my grandpa, my biological father, an uncle and a number of cousins had all committed suicide, had taken their lives before the age of 30. That's not normal. There's something wrong there, right? And, and, and the craziness about this is, you can only imagine, like, where would my life go from there, right? 
But God's grace was so great in my life. I was not deserving. I was not worthy. But he loved me so very much that I got to tell you, there was not one time in my life, and, and it's not a brag on me, it's a brag on God, I never have felt depressed. I've never thought about ending my life. Now, this makes no sense. It can only be God. Because maybe you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking, well, I've had those moments, so how does that make God feel about me? God loves you just the same, and his grace is just as sufficient for you. But something had to change for me, or by 30, I wouldn't have a life. And, and uh, I'm so thankful that we got online here. I know my mom's watching online. Um, I don't know if you ever thought about this, mom, and for everyone else. But my mom called me more often and often as age 30 approached. And I'm sure it was this big concern. Would I end up like my biological father and the rest of the family? Or would that curse be broken? Would that generational curse be broken? And I have to tell you, at the age of 21, I found Jesus. I recognized that I was a sinner, and I was unworthy on my own. And in that moment, it changed the trajectory of my life, right? Not by my doing or anything that I could offer to God other than surrender, but by what He had done for me. And so it changed everything. And as I contemplate and I think about this, I was doomed, headed to hell. I was depraved, nothing good in me. I was disobedient, and I was dead. Not dead physically, but spiritually dead. And this morning, as we get ready to jump into Ephesians, we're going to read scripture that's going to tell us exactly how God takes us from death to life. Y'all ready to read the word? Okay, let's go. Scripture's going to be up on here. Um, and for you note takers, there's three stages of death before we get to the scripture. The first stage from death to life, for you note takers, is sins work against us. Sins work against us. And so we're going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. That says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked away according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler and the power of the air, the spirit now working in, disobe in the disobedient, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Sin in our life causes what I like to refer to as the four dreaded Ds, for you note-takers. Four dreaded Ds. And the first dreaded D is the word death. We are dead because of sin, spiritually. And you might be sitting there today, and maybe you've never heard that before, and you're, it's like kind of weird, like, who's this guy up on stage telling me that I'm dead? I mean, I'm breathing, I'm alive. And my answer to you would be, if you said this, is yes, you're breathing and alive, just like I was before Jesus, but you can be physically alive and spiritually dead, right? And that's not okay. Second dreaded D, disobedience. Man, this, this was a big one in my life. Um, you're either living for God or you're not living for God. This is an area in life where there's no gray area. It's either you're living for God or you're not living for God. And I got to tell you, there's nothing good in us on our own. We cannot get there on our own. You can be as good a person as you want to, but sin rules and reigns in our life without Jesus. 
And each and every one that's in here is guilty, just as I was. Matter of fact, I want to prove it to you. Do me a favor. Everybody stand up. I'm going to have you stand up. We're going to do an activity. All righty. So this is how it's going to work. I want to prove to you that we're all sinful, okay? And so in case you need this, this proof. So I'm going to make a statement, and if this statement applies to you, you're going to be able to sit down, okay? Does it make sense? All right, check it out. Okay, so first one. You can sit down if you've ever had a great idea to go to McDonald's, steal the McDonald's flag out of the sky off the pole so you could use it as a dorm room curtain. Anybody? Anybody? I know you didn't do this, Matthew, but I appreciate the support. Yeah, that was the dummy me. And um, this is dangerous because now we're online, but it's past statute of limitations because it's been so long ago. If McDonald's is tuning in or you work for McDonald's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I got to tell you something kind of funny. So first service, I shared this, and I had a mom come to me, and she says, oh, you're this related to me. And I'm like, still in the McDonald's flag out of the sky, did? I didn't tell her that, but that was what I was thinking. She says, yeah. She says, my son wanted this flag off this, this thing so bad, and he asked me, would you take me to go steal it? And I was an accomplice. Accomplice. So, okay. All right, enough about that. So, okay, so I'm sitting down. I'm already sinful. Sit down if you've ever gossiped before. Okay. I'm glad I got somebody standing. I said this first service and everybody sat down and was like, man, how can I go on? Okay, no, you're good. I'm going to get you here. Maybe, well, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, there's someone else standing up back there too. Yes. Okay. So check it out. You can sit down if you have taken the shampoo, conditioner, and lotion, or lotion, when you went on vacation from a hotel. Yep. <laughs> Has he done this? You've never done this before? Oh, man. And <laughs> guilty by association. Now, now, my mom is tuning in, and I got permission to share this part. I got to tell you, I vividly remember growing up and having the best, softest, white hotel towel collection in the world. <laughs> I love you, Mom. God is a forgiving God. Okay, so let's move on, because I still got somebody standing. I love it. You can sit down if you've ever lied before. <laughs> now, now, I had more to go over, but um, matter of fact, everyone stand up. I'm going to give you a redo. <laughs> I'm going to give you a redo. Okay, if you've ever started a fight before, if you've ever picked a fight before, sit down. Now, now, there's some boldness in this neck sitting down. If you've ever stolen something, even if it was little, even if it was way back, have you ever stolen something before, sit down. I'm hoping someone still stands and it's not a kid. Okay. You can sit down if you've ever drove past the speed limit before. I see how it is back there, young man. Go ahead and sit down because you're a sinner too, but you were better than what I was by far. Right? Okay. So the point of this is, is the four dreaded deeds of sin, what it causes as we move from the stages from death to life, is sin causes disobedience in our life. The third D in the dreaded Ds is it makes us depraved, not deprived. And I want to make sure you hear this. Those are two different words, okay? When you're deprived, someone's taking something from you. When you're depraved, you're wrong on your own, right? So, so don't be blaming Satan and don't be blaming somebody else. 
you can't, you can't blame her because she took the shampoo and conditioner from the hotel, right? Like, that's on her. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. You're not the only one. Do you guys get what I'm saying? That sin causes in our life for us to be bad. Again, there is nothing good in us without Jesus, right? The fourth dreaded D is you're doomed. Keep it real. Keep it 100. You are headed to hell if you stay in this, this stage. Eternal, eternally hell, and there's no other nice way to put it, but there is good news. And the good news is, is this just the first stage, and God doesn't want you to stay in this first stage. The second stage, moving from death to life, is what God's work is for us. What God does for us. And the first thing God does for us that I'm going to share, and then we're going to get into the scripture, is God loves us. Because I, I, I don't want to wait to get into the scripture. I want to share this with you. I want you to think about somebody you really, really, really love. I mean, how many of y'all have like a ride or die? Like legit, right? Like that person. Let me tell you something. God's love is infinitely greater than that ride or die. That's crazy, right? He loves you and I that much. How do I know this? Because it's all over his word. How do I know this? It's because that generational problem that I faced when I was younger didn't get me because of Jesus, right? And so let's get in some scripture to, to validate God's work for us. We're going to continue reading Ephesians 2, 4 through chapter, chapter 2, verses 4 through uh, verse 9. Let's read. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us up with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so the second stage, moving from death to life, is what God does for us. And we already established God's love is number one. And then God also... Coming up, I'm going to see how I worded it on the thing. Go ahead to the next one. Brings us to life. I want to make sure I match what it said. He brings us to life. You might be physically alive. You all are. Praise God for that. But you might be sitting here spiritually dead. And he brings you to life. There's no other way. That's what God does for us as he takes us from death to life. And then thirdly, God rises us up with him. Now listen. There's no ever better place to sit at. There's no better seat to sit at than next to God, next to Jesus. And this is exactly what he does for us. Is he, he lifts us up with him. When our physical bodies die, we're all going to physically die. hate to break it to you. We're all going to physically die, but we don't have to spiritually die. When that happens, we'll be in eternity in heaven, and we'll be seated right next to Jesus. Come on now. That's amazing, I think. God's work for us also secures our eternity. Again, this is a gift that he gives us. No man can take this gift away. They can take a lot away from you, but they can't take this gift away. It is nothing you deserve or nothing you've earned. It is by faith 
and acceptance of Jesus that you have your eternity secured. It ain't going nowhere if you surrender to Jesus. And you would think this would be enough moving from death to life because now you are spiritually alive. But God's not done with moving you from death to life. The third and final moving you from death to life, the stage for moving you from death to life, is God's work in you and through you. See, it's not enough that He's going to resurrect your life and give you spiritual life. He wants to do a work in you and He wants to do a work through you. Everyone stand up. How are you guys moving this morning? Come on now, let's go. <laughs> We're going to read this final scripture together. It's Ephesians 2.10. And I talk really quick, and I sometimes mumble over my words. I've been practicing this all week, so I'm going to try to do it slow and, and clear, right? You guys ready to read with me? Are you ready to read with me? All right, let's go. Go ahead and put it up on the screen. Here we go. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time uh, for us to do. Amen. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. I want you to look to one of the persons next to you, and I want you to tell them this. You were created for good works for Jesus. Now look at someone else and tell them you are created to be God's workmanship. We're going to be finishing in just a moment, but before we do that, and I got to tell you, we got done super early first service, and we're getting it done a little early today. That's not on purpose, and, and students, you're like, how's he getting done early? Because usually he goes long. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's the Holy Spirit, because I'd like to talk forever. But, but before we can leave, there's some kingdom business to take care of. There's some kingdom business, because there's two types of people that are in this room today. Either you're spiritually alive or you're spiritually dead. And if you're spiritually alive, I'm going to talk to you in a moment, okay? I just want you to just to, to maybe be in prayer and just, just to process things, reflect. But if you're spiritually dead, if you're, if you're in that position like I was my pre-Jesus days, where I was physically alive but spiritually dead, I want to let you know that this word is for you this morning. I want to let you know that God is ready to spiritually awaken you. That he is ready to secure your eternity. He is ready to show you how much he loves you. But he gives you the freedom to choose or not to choose. So what we're going to do, with heads bowed, go ahead and stay standing, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm looking because I want to come in agreement with you. But I just want to ask the question, would you be so bold to say I'm done with my old life. I'm done being spiritually dead, and I'm ready to be alive. God makes it so clear in His Word. Book of Romans says, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, that He died on the cross, and three days later God rose Him from the dead, you are saved. In order to get to that place, we have to understand that we're a sinner, and we all already did that together. And we want to be willing to turn our sin over to Him. Is there anyone in the room today that would raise your hand? I'm only looking and say, I am ready to surrender to Jesus. I'm ready to be spiritually alive. I see your hands. You can put your hands down. I see your hand. I see your hand. You can put your hand down. I see the hand in the back. Is there anybody else? I see your hand back there, sir. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? I, it's just between you and God right now. I see your hand in the back. I'm going to ask one more time because I, I believe I believe the Holy Spirit is tugging on my heart right now and saying, there's someone else in this room that just needs to make, it, 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 it's nervous, it's hard, and you're afraid that someone's going to know. I want to let you know, whoever I'm speaking to right now, 
don't worry about what others know because they're going to rejoice with you if they know you're willing to surrender to God. Care about what God thinks. Is there anybody else in the room that say, that's me and I'm ready to surrender? Okay, I see those hands. You can put them down. Eyes closed, heads bowed. I'm going to simply pray. There were quite a few hands that went up here in this room. It is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. It is eternal changing. And I want to let you know that in just a moment we're going to pray. And if you agree with what I pray, you just say amen at the end. And that means you agree. And you're professing it with your mouth that you're saved. And the next step for you is is, is to make sure that that you talk with one of us pastors. We want to let you know what happens next. Because it's just the beginning. So, so I, Lord, I just come before you and I thank you for the hands that went up. And I just ask, Lord, that this would not be a warm, fuzzy moment for them, but this would be a real moment, Lord, where they surrender their sin to you right now in Jesus' name. That they say that they, they, they can't get it on their own and they need you. They're in need of you. They're in need of your forgiveness. And so, Lord, help them to cast their sin at your feet. Help them to embrace that you went to the cross, you shed your blood to cover their sins. You let your life be taken so we can have eternity with you as you were resurrected three days later. Lord, help them make you Lord of their lives. Help them become spiritually alive right now. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. Amen. We're going to go into this song. I was so excited to go into this song because this song, the words for you guys that are spiritually alive, you're just going to rejoice and you're going to celebrate if you're spiritually alive. But maybe you're spiritually alive, but you're not walking like you're spiritually alive, right? You, you, you've been there at that point, but life has got you down. Things have gotten in the way. This is a time to surrender what's gotten in the way. This is a time to reflect, to lay it at his feet, and get back to being spiritually alive. Amen? All right, let's worship. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.